thinking about legacy this morning. That was a lot of fun. All right, well, let's get started. All right. Welcome. So, yeah, well, we're back. Boom. Boy, that's like that's like two episodes in a row. That's yeah. got to be some sort of record for us. I think it is. I think it's literally a, literally a, a record, right? <laughs> okay, um, a little couple housekeeping items. Um, so 1720, you know, we did uh, the first podcast was on our mission, what we believed in our mm-hmm. mission statement. Yep. Well, we're starting to zero in on our... Um, on our strategic focus for the year, which is really exciting for me. And it kind of gives us a, a focus for the podcast and really a reason for people to, to tune in and absolutely know what we're going to be talking about. So, uh, what, what, uh, so in a phrase, uh, we're thinking our goal, our strategic goal is ultimately to empower God's people to think beyond themselves and build a legacy. And by experiencing abundance in the four pillars of life. So build a legacy by experiencing abundance in the four pillars of life. And the four pillars for us are, um, nicely start with all Fs, uh, faith, family, finances, and fitness. And uh, I'm really excited about those four areas. Um, I know that in my life, you know, so many things often out of balance, and it's usually one of those items, uh, sometimes two, sometimes even mm-hmm. three, depending mm-hmm. on what I'm focused on. And then all of that, so those are sort of the tactical things you really need to focus on in life to have balance, but uh, but it's really then about rolling that up into the this idea of legacy. And uh, I was really challenged because, you know, my wife and I, when we started out, we were extremely poor. And um, I, I thought thought to myself, you know, what would, what would we have thought if someone came to us at that stage in our life mm-hmm. and said, oh, you need to think about legacy. And I was thinking about making the bills. And um, I think... I think what's interesting about that is we sort of always had a vision beyond our circumstance, right? So we sort of always had uh, at least long-term thinking, definitely long-term from where we were standing, okay, uh, but not legacy thinking yet. Yeah, okay. And so what I think is interesting is, is you're going to solve the problems that your mind is working on, right? And if you're working on paying the bills, you're going to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. Uh, God's going to give you provision for that. But, uh, I think if you start to change the problems you're trying to solve, you actually start to change the scope of your life uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And we like the idea of legacy because it's not about making it to retirement, right? It's about doing something that's going to be beyond your lifetime. And for mothers out there who are working hard to take uh, have a job and take care of their kids, you know, that legacy for them, quite frankly, could be their children Mm -hmm. and doing legacy thinking there about making sure they're well set up for the future, so on and so forth. Maybe that's where you're living right now. That's perfectly okay. But we're really going to talk a lot about expanding the concept of legacy, thinking even beyond yourself, because I think the moment you start to think beyond yourself, you really start to align yourself with God, right? You really start to align yourself with his mission. A lot of people say, well, what's my calling? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, your calling is to be uh, aligned with God uh, first, right? And so when you start to think legacy, you start to get beyond yourself. You start to get really, uh, really kind of outwardly focused. And it's then that you'll start solving really unique and interesting problems. that will make your life much more interesting. And mm-hmm. I think we're going to get into that yeah. a little bit today, even with you and your story. But, um, but so it's this idea of really focus on those four pillars and then ultimately rolling it up to a legacy mindset, which is, uh, which is where we're at. Yeah. Because when you focus on what is my calling, I'm going to align and seek first the kingdom. But when that happens, then I'm no longer trying to make my own like stepwise path. Yeah. It gets you out of your current position, yeah. right? It really gets you out there thinking. And it also creates, and we've talked about this before, and we'll go into it more deeply later, the idea of a God gap, God mm-hmm. showing up to really create something much bigger than your current position. 
so legacy yep. thinking is a big part of what 1720 is about. And, uh, and I think these four pillars uh, help get you in a place where you can actually start to think that way. And you can think legacy even within the four pillars. So that's interesting. That's sort of our, our focus for the year. Yeah. Um, and our goal ultimately is for all of our listeners to really make uh, large, and this is not just for entertainment. We're hoping that they'll make large strides forward in each of those four pillars. So, so we'll see. So we're going to yeah. explore that. Uh, but today's podcast is the first of ultimately a two-part series uh, that will transform the way you sort of think about New Year's resolutions. I know <laughs> you probably made a few. I certainly did. Uh, and today we're going to really start getting your mind right. Um, so this year you can create uh, sort of true wealth and abundance. This will be the year that you really begin to create true wealth and abundance in your life. But we really have to spend some time here. We have to spend some time and getting your mind in a place mm -hmm. where you can even think about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to be honest, uh, a lot of people aren't there. I certainly was not there for a very long time. Uh, but I think by the end of this podcast, we're going to give people some things they can actually do mm -hmm. uh, that will start to uncover where they're challenged mm -hmm. getting there. Yep. Once we get your mind right, uh, the idea of you missing your New Year's resolutions is going to go away. Right? <laughs> You're going to have a much higher success rate. Uh, so let's let's start there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think what I'd like to do, frankly, is start uh, start there and start with start with your story. Yeah. So I'm going to unpack just a kind of a top level um, storyline for me. I'm sure in the future podcasts we'll be able to dive into some more of the specifics here. Um, but I wanted to start with this kind of creation mindset that I got into for uh, limiting belief, scarcity mindset, that kind of concept. Sure. Well, I was just really guarded about many things. Um, but the story basically goes uh, mid-high school. I'm driving to a friend's house. Car ran a stop sign. I T-boned the car. And the driver of that vehicle died right on the mm. scene. Wow. And uh, yeah, it, so, were, you, were you at fault? No. And I had this nice through main highway it was a state highway in wisconsin and those most of those highways have stop sign crossings sure um and for whatever reason uh the driver of that car who has been on that road uh, many times they live in that area mm -hmm. uh, just didn't stop wow and it was you know at, at night see headlights you don't know you're not expecting this car to go through that stop sign uh but that's what happened and that's going into senior year of high school so the importance of that story for this concept right now is in that moment and then the aftermath of the weeks after of just coming to a realization that an event occurred and someone died and it didn't make any sense. Because uh, yeah, to some level, I mean, you, if you weren't there. Absolutely. You can, I can, <clears throat> I have run down every branch of that tree. Sure. Yeah. Of all, like the day ahead or before the accident, what what could I have done? Why didn't I spend an extra 30 seconds sure. throwing hay bales? Because I lived in a farm in Wisconsin. And even though you weren't at fault, you lived in that space for a while. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Wow. Um, yeah, and so what, I'm 17 at that point. So cognitively, you don't have a fully developed prefrontal cortex yet. You don't have a lot of capabilities to rationalize and un understand mm -hmm. that really it's an event that occurred and despite all of these variables it's still not your fault yeah you're rolling with emotions on high well 100 percent. yeah yep. so two things for me occurred uh, as a result of that the first thing in that aftermath maybe weeks post i put on the identity so i labeled myself 
as someone who hurts others. Mm, wow. And you know, that's taken some time to, to come down to that, that phrase in my now 40s. Uh, but an identity occurred at that point. So that was me giving myself an identity. Sure. And because I labeled myself as someone who hurts, hurts others, um, now I then took up this mantle of I have to be extra nice to everybody to make up for that. Because the story you're telling yourself, hundred percent, is I'm, that you hurt others. I'm hurt. I hurt others, and to make up for that, like to work it off. Right. It's like a debt. Right. So if I can do enough good things at the sacrifice of what I what I should really do for myself mm-hmm. and how I should care for others, I just went on this quest to do enough good things, and I was certain that I had to always be viewed as nice. Hmm by everybody. And if I could manipulate the environment to be viewed as nice, then I would feel better about myself. Would you ever tank others just to ensure that you were, you were the nice guy? Yeah. It would really be like whatever it took. Wow. And to whatever end it needed to go mm-hmm. so that I would always be the nice guy because I'm paying off that debt. Sure. How did you, how did you know you were perceived as the nice guy? Yeah. So that's all just perception, right? None of that is true. But my perception would be if someone called me over to go to a volleyball game right. in college, mm-hmm. then I would interpret that as they think I'm nice. My front's still up. Oh, that's another you know set of coins in the make it up jar. So what's interesting is the story that you're telling yourself and then the reaction to that story has uh, essentially you've outsourced your happiness to someone else. So two things there outsourced happiness. I, I'm dependent upon a set of uh, manipulations, me creating them, mm-hmm. to then receive a perception back of, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But what that also meant, though, that I think really applies to what we're talking about, is I intentionally chose to avoid and limit any bad feeling experiences. Mm. Or I would put significant value on a small bad thing. I'm late getting somewhere. Sure. Someone was waiting for me. I would perceive that as significantly terrible. Yeah, right. Okay. So I began to narrow my window of experiences. Wow. I would work so hard to avoid bad so that I could only experience good. But narrowing the experiences means I'm narrowing and losing out on everything. Right. Your life is getting smaller. Smaller, smaller, smaller. And I'm working really hard then to grab on and hold on and not let go of anything good. Hmm. Because I would cherish that at the expense of not feeling anything bad. So I ended up putting myself in this nice, narrow little prison. Mm. And any little variance of a little too bad, I'd be looking for something really good. But if I went over that way, I might bump into something that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. So I'm bouncing back and forth in this little prison cell sure, called My Pursuit of Happiness. So in that journey, that lasted through college I'm out in now the deserts of Utah. I just want to I just want to call out one thing that I think is really interesting. So much of what you were doing, so I mean, and, and these express themselves in a myriad of activities, right? You know, shrinking your life, mm-hmm. avoiding uh, this, pleasing that, doing mm-hmm. this, manipulating that. So, so from an outward perspective, you know, you see all of these things you're doing, but it's all because of that one one story you're telling yourself. Yeah, it's all yeah wow. a, a single seed. Yeah. One event, it occurred. And then from that, now I have created this whole prison. Mm-hmm. 
even though it's a small, tiny little thing. Sure. But the the profound impact of that past ball holding me and then beginning to confine me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, <clears throat> it has set up this interesting uh, kind of destruction of my hopes, dreams that I had originally thought of in high school. Like, this is what I want to do, where I want to go. And that that event and then the story that I told myself and the behaviors and actions I took after the fact then ended up putting me in this little prison cell. <clears throat> I got some uh, some value out of a career that I chose in orthotics and prosthetics. I ended up working at a Shriners Hospital in Salt Lake City. And two days before my birthday, September 7th, 1999, I'm on my motorcycle, Kawasaki 600 Ninja. Mm. Nice bike. Yep. I worked at a Shriners on top of a hill in Salt Lake. So I'm going to my house to meet some friends. Hospital scrubs, closed-toed Birkenstock sandals. You were, you were dressed for the road. And for whatever, whatever reason, this, this travel, it's three blocks to a gas station, four blocks to my apartment. Mm-hmm. Typically, on a hot day in the valley of Salt Lake, I'd never wear a helmet. I had a helmet on that day. Kid mm-hmm. pulled out in front of me. I T-boned that kid. Wow. Same angle, same direction. It's just like a mirrored copy of my car accident, but now right. I'm on a motorcycle. Yeah. So as I'm recovering in the Utah desert, I'm just laying there like I almost feel like I'm in exodus mm. out there. And that was the moment for me when I was able to understand that I did not feel free. I kind of like realized you kind of <clears throat> tra- you, you like you were jerked out of your box by this wreck. Yeah. And then you realize there's a box. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And that that allowed me to begin to consider uh, where I had put myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had become so scarce in such a scarcity mindset uh, that I just chose to be there. And then this wreck uh, gave me that little taste and I could feel the walls and I feel the, like the, the sense of the cold. Mm-hmm. And, and I just had this like almost bubbled anger at Satan and at myself, uh, choosing to be in this position of all locked up, I'm not forgiven anybody. I'm feeling like the victim. I'm isolating myself from all my support group, mm-hmm. friends, family, etc. But I think most sinister, I chose to live in the past and I then by intention missed out on all these opportunities that God had put out in front of me to do something great. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of loss there. <clears throat> yeah, I was I was kind of wondering when you were when you were talking about that. Did you did you ever feel angry at that loss? Did you ever mourn that loss? <clears throat> that not until more recently, mm-hmm. like in my late thirties, when you begin to look at um, some people that I've hired in my company that are in their younger teens and twenties and didn't have a story like that or chose not to live that story like right. I did. Like our good friend Luke over here. Yeah, yeah. Here's a guy who is just crushing it despite. Yeah. Right. No kidding. So is you, it, you look at those people and you say, God, if I could have just got out of my own way. Somebody should have told me this earlier, but right. maybe I wouldn't have listened. And I think it's, I think it's really interesting because there's a couple of things there that really stick out at me. And I think even Luke would probably talk to this if he were on mic. And that's this idea that there are these stories, right, uh, that you tell yourself. And, and one of the things that uh, I think we've really enjoyed working with Luke together on is identifying stories he's telling himself 
you know, and, and changing those stories. Mm -hmm. So one of those things that, you know, you've had him say on Mike a few times is the idea of, but of course, right. Which is to tell yourself a new story that this thing that's happening, the thing, good thing that happened to you, of course it would happen to you because you're the kind of guy who, who where good things happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's really interesting because what, what was really holding you back there was not a physical restraint. Correct. Right. But it, it was probably in some ways much more damaging than a physical mm -hmm. restraint. Mm hmm. Uh, because it permeated every aspect of your life and everything that you did because there's this story, right? Uh, there's this thought, this this core thought that you're the kind of person who hurts somebody. Mm -hmm. And from that comes this whole other storyline of how you might fix that, mm -hmm. which is sort of interesting. And we'll get into this a little bit later, but this concept of forgiveness that Jesus gives us freely, mm -hmm. freely, where you don't have to do that, where you don't have to make up for your past transgressions. Right. Right. That's that is people. I think often I know I did. And I think in that time you missed the real message there that it's absolutely 100 percent free. And no one really understands what that means. They think, well, oh, OK, so I don't have to pay anything for it. Great. <laughs> but I don't think they understand the freedom that that ultimately mm -hmm. gives them. And again, we'll get into that a little mm -hmm. bit, a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. And where I want to leave this uh, list kind of uh, transformation. So came from creating my own prison, <clears throat> not being able to experience anything good or bad. Mm -hmm. But uh, Apostle Paul uh, makes this comment about rejoicing and always rejoicing and just rejoice in the midst of him being in his own prison, quite literally, mm -hmm. uh, leading to his beheading. Um, but this idea that realizing my prison and and reading about how a guy who would be in a similar physical environment as I was metaphorically in that same environment. He's just talking about being uh, rejoiceful about all things. Mm -hmm. So that allowed me this idea just to let go, change my perception of how I'm choosing to try to control my experience, just let go, and then accepted forgiveness. And, and that, when I did that, then I had this sense of freedom. I was out of my desert exodus mm. in Utah. Sure. Uh, and from that point on, it's just been grabbing life by the horns, taking opportunity and just destroying it. So I think what's interesting about um, Philippians 4, 4, rejoice. Um, it, in some ways, it can be a fake it till you make it kind of strategy, which is not a bad thing to do. So, for example, uh, we tell people, or at least I tell people, we try to live gratitude and uh, and always just trying to look for those moments where we can say thank you and things of that nature that has an internal effect mm -hmm. right on Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Right. So sometimes you can do just that rejoicing, right? Uh, sometimes you can say, you know what, I'm having a really crappy day. Let me find someone to say thank you to. Um, and, and rejoice and gratitude, those two things together, I think you can, cause, cause gratitude is in a weird way is sort of a rejoicing mm -hmm. because you're willing to recognize that there's abundance in the world. And there's some people over here who, who've added to your positive life and mm -hmm. you're going to say thank you to that. So, so I really think that's interesting because I think it's this idea of what can you do when you have a story stuck in your head and how can you change that maybe from the inside out versus mm -hmm. changing the story itself. Mm-hmm. But I do want to get back to this idea yep. of um, of power of thought, right? Because thoughts can and do absolutely transform themselves into things and actions. And your story, which mm -hmm. I thought was so perfect for today's topic, um, it did just that. I mean, it transformed it. Your thought, your story transformed itself into a myriad of things and actual physical real world actions, mm -hmm. right? And in many ways, uh, they transform our reality 
thoughts transform our reality, not just our perception of reality, right? So a lot of people think, oh, well, um, the way I interpreted this either made me happy or sad or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? That's fine. That's true. But I think what we're starting to to zero in in your story is your thoughts were the we're actually creating a reality yes and then there's this feedback loop of then how you perceive that reality mm-hmm. through that filter mm-hmm. right yep. I, and i think it's why jesus himself um really spent a lot of time he, he changed the whole bar right he shows up on the scene and people say well mm-hmm. i'm not having adultery mm-hmm. but jesus says you know what if you're thinking about it it's the same thing as having it mm-hmm. so I think Jesus starts to recognize or, or not recognize Jesus starts to bring to the forefront, this idea that really it's your thought life. It's what you're thinking that really, really truly matters both in the concept of sin and not sin. I mean, there's other things about that that are interesting about that whole conversation that Jesus had, but I, but I think it's really key to realize that, that Jesus was all about your thought life. And there's a reason for that. We're told in Philippians four twenty three to watch over our hearts with all diligence from our from our thoughts, which is our heart. What that means there, it's a, it's our thoughts. Uh, from our thoughts flows the springs of life. So in Philippians four twenty three, we see that thoughts are actually life, and your thoughts in your story created that life, mm-hmm. and that wasn't going to change until your thoughts changed, right? Which I I think is really really interesting. So um, early on, I actually, um, I, I discovered this power of thought concept through something totally different. Uh, I, I discovered it through a book, mm-hmm. a book that uh, I think every entrepreneur on the planet, <laughs> uh, every get rich quick guy, the guys mm-hmm. who wrote The Secret, all of these guys read the same book because it's essentially telling the same story. Now, little did they know that many of that, much of those concepts were essentially stolen from the Bible, but this book was called Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And who wouldn't? Because what the book basically says, and I'm going to quote here a little bit. uh, When you begin to think and grow rich, you will observe that riches begin with a state of mind and with little or no hard work. Therefore, we ought to be interested in knowing how to acquire that state of mind, which will attract, (laughs) attract riches. Uh, And you got to love that idea, right? I get to think about it and boom, I'm rich. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, but I've always really struggled with this this concept of how to think rich, mm. right? So, like while you were in the middle of your story, for mm-hmm. me to come up to you and go, "Hey, man, just think differently." Mm-hmm. It's just not it's just not that easy, right? Um, but being rich, in particular, for me, I think when it can several of my core values, and in some ways, <laughs> I think wealth and abundance and that positive thinking, thinking you could have. So when you were you know laying there in that hospital bed mm-hmm. or just before yep. your wreck. You know, you'd built this place, this wall, and for you that was reality. Mm-hmm. And for me to go to you and say you could, it could be a different kind of reality was mm-hmm. would have been impossible. So, Absolutely. So you had that moment. I think that was a God moment. Yep. It changed your life. But same thing with with the idea of an abundant life. We've built all kinds of stories we tell ourselves that says we can't have that abundant life. Mm-hmm. That's not for me. And some of my favorite stories, I think, are. Um, <laughs> are like in the movies. Absolutely. Um, who are the rich? Well, they're Scrooge. Uh, he's a real nice guy. Who mm-hmm. wouldn't have him over for Thanksgiving dinner? Uh, they're all of the oppressors, right? Mm-hmm. Rich, abundant life people are oppressing all the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a story we tell ourselves that uh, the only way for us to have more is for others to have less, which is some reason why these guys are oppressors because they must have taken from somebody and in order to have so much. Yeah, and that's the story that's being told. Yeah, 
If I, he's rich, that was because the whole town is poor. It's the tax collectors in, in the Roman times. Right. And, and uh, who wants to be that guy? Mm-hmm. Right. So what are you telling yourself? You're saying, oh, I don't want to be that guy uh, because that guy's a dick. Mm-hmm. Right. He literally yeah. took money from everybody uh, and, and or he is a Scrooge or he's an oppressor mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. You say, well, I want to be that guy. But I think the one that Christians really point to and they love this. They love this verse uh, to, to help uh, to, to create this mindset, uh, which is um, it. Jesus says uh, it is easier for a camel uh, to go through the eye of a needle than it is for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Wow, boy, I want to go to heaven. I don't know about you. So when I read that, uh, by the way, it's Matthew 19, 24, for anybody who wants to look it up. Uh, when I read that, uh, I think, man, I, don't, I, I should try to avoid being wealthy at all costs mm-hmm. uh, because I definitely want to make it to heaven. And it sounds really, really challenging. So I'm out, right? But I think, Beyond that, there's there's this other sort of story that I think if we were really honest with ourselves, really honest with ourselves, uh, those other things we say are really about this other one story mm. that we tell ourselves all the time. And if you're like me, who came from a very, very poor background, um, I'm not the kind of guy who is rich. Mm. Mm. I'm just not that kind. Of, I'm not a rich guy. Those guys are rich. Those guys have an abundant life. I don't. I'm not ever going to have it. Uh, I'm not that kind of guy. And then I say... Oh, but those guys are Scrooges. Oh, those guys are oppressors. And by the way, I want to get to heaven. Us them. Yeah. So it makes all of that story okay. But at the end of the day, the heart is, uh, I'm not that kind of guy. But so let's just sort of unpack each of those Mm -hmm. sort of individually as we go along here. So being Scrooge or an oppressor, I got to tell you, that's not a function of money. That's a, that uh, that is a function of attitude. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you've often said that money makes you more of who you are not uh, it doesn't change who you are mm. right so if you're sort of a scroogey kind of guy or a gal or an oppressor or you like to uh, manipulate and take control of other people you're probably going to be even more of that with money mm-hmm. but money is actually not the problem money is just an amplifier mm-hmm. so that's i mean mm-hmm. so when you think about money or living an abundant life don't think to yourself uh scrooge and oppressor right just break those because if you're not that now you're not going to be mm-hmm. whenever you have money mm-hmm. Uh, the, the only way, uh, for others to have more is for, uh, or for, for me to have more is for others to have less. Mm-hmm. And I don't want others to have less. So I gotta tell you, this one's another one that's a real problem, right? God created the universe, <laughs> like the whole freaking thing. Uh, there's more gold on some asteroids somewhere than there probably is in the entire world. But when Solomon, right? Mm-hmm. And this, this is sort of what my biblical uh, definition of abundance, right? Yeah. When Solomon first sought wisdom. He gained so much gold. There's so much gold in his in his kingdom mm-hmm. that silver was like a common rock. It had literally zero value. So trust me when I say that God has enough to create abundance in your life without ripping off your neighbor, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it just can. God literally can manufacture more of anything that is necessary in order to make your life better without hurting anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are sort of, uh, and then let me get to the last one, which is the whole eye of the camel, but mm-hmm. then we're gonna get to the hardcore story, yeah. the one yeah. that really trips you up. Right. And so, um, when Jesus speaks of the camel and the needle, he's actually not talking about money. What he's really saying is it's impossible for any person to enter heaven. If there's something they covet more than the relationship with God. See, because what happened here is a rich man comes to uh, comes to Jesus and says, look, I've kept all the commandments. I'm rocking it. And Jesus looks back at him and says, hmm, well, good bad news. Uh, go give up all your money and follow me. 
Yep. And the guy was like, no. And that's the last we ever hear of him because <laughs> he walks away. And then we hear this parable of the, of the rich man and the, and the camel. It's not the money that Jesus is having an issue with here. It's the fact that there is something he would not give up in order to follow God. Right. And so that's the real, that's the real takeaway. So, so there's one other thing that Jesus says, which I really like, which I think goes hand in hand to this. You never hear them together, but he, uh, Jesus also suggests that if your right hands offends thee, mm-hmm. you should cut it off, but he's no more suggesting that we go handless, uh, than he is suggesting that we go poor. Mm-hmm. Right. What he's saying is if there's something between you and me, get rid of it Yep. or make it not between me and right. you. Right. And, and that's that for many people, money becomes that, but I know many people who a football game becomes that. I know many people who, what golf becomes that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so it's really anything that would get between you and a relationship with God. And to that point, Matthew, so Jesus is quoted here, Matthew six twenty four, and this is the serving two masters. Mm. So you can't serve two masters. You'll either hate one, you'll love the other. Uh, you'll devote yourself completely to one and you'll despise the other. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a matter of, who are you serving? That's right. If you're seeking first the kingdom, abundance, it just comes. As you it said before, comes. it's not at the expense of anybody else. That's right. That's right. So those are sort of, so those are the three the the fake arguments. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> those are the ones that we use that sound very pious and justified, uh, and we can all agree with. Golly gee, who would want to be the guy stealing from the poor in yep. order to be rich? Who who doesn't want to go to heaven? I'm gonna I'm gonna be poor in order to or, or live a, a less abundant life in order to go to heaven, so on and so forth. Uh, but the last argument, which is really the one that is most dangerous, and it's, it's the one we use the others really for because those mm-hmm. other ones are more socially acceptable, mm-hmm. is you are not the kind of guy that can have an abundant life. But there's even, I'm going to reword that into what I believe is even a more dangerous version, which is uh, when I earn abundance, I will be an abundant person. Mm-hmm. So I'm not the kind of guy who's going to be rich, but whenever I get rich, I will be the kind of guy who's rich. I'm not the kind of guy who has an abundant life, but when I have abundance, when I have extra time, I mm-hmm. will have more time, mm-hmm. right? When I have extra money, I'll have more extra money. Uh, but it is this kind of thinking that leads to the oppressors and the Scrooges mm-hmm. that we all t- know so much about, right? <laughs> the reason why, the reason why, this is this is the real trick. Mm-hmm. The person who's who's not abundant right? Who's not telling themselves an abundant story uh, and they can't wait to have enough money in order mm-hmm. to be abundant, right? They think having creates being. And ironically, the more they get, the more they descend into scarcity mm-hmm. because their getting of things has created who they are. And if they lose those things, right. what do they lose? They lose who they are, mm-hmm. right? So they become Scrooges. They become oppressors because once they've sort of reached the person, quote unquote, they want to be, the abundant person they want to be, they're scared to death to lose it. And, if, and you've got the identity. So like I put my identity on, I'm a kind of person who hurts somebody. The person who is getting first to then be second now can only be if they keep. That's right. And they can't give then. That's right. So the trick here is is to not uh, not think that being abundant means you must first have. Being our having uh, uh, creates, does not create being. Mm -hmm. Being creates having. Yep. It's got to be flipped. Yeah. So, uh, but God says the kingdom of God is here. So he literally says this already. You are already in abundance, right? The kingdom of God is here. You are already forgiven and you're already in abundance. And if you want it, the wealth that will follow, it will come 
to your abundant mindset. Mm-hmm. Like that's okay. Yeah. Money, money's really, it's not going to come if you sort of already have this abundant mindset. But you see what I did there though? Freedom precedes, uh, our forgiveness rather mm-hmm. precedes freedom. Mm-hmm. And this is what we were talking about earlier, just mm-hmm. to, earlier about you. Mm-hmm. You thought you earned forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. thought you earned forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you were never free because you always had a debt to pay. Right. And this is the trick here. Freedom, or rather forgiveness precedes freedom. Mm -hmm. That precedes abundance. Mm -hmm. Because if you got a debt to pay, then you're not free. Right. And you're not abundant. Yeah. You can't be abundant if you think you owe something. And abundance ultimately precedes wealth. Mm -hmm. Not the other way around. Right. Right. Because no amount of money coming in the other side of the equation is going to equal that freedom and forgiveness mm-hmm. that you need first. It will only foster scarcity and you'll only hold. That's right. Because even if you get, quote unquote, worldly abundance, mm-hmm. you will never actually be abundant. Nope. Right? So you have to start at the very beginning with accepting your your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So let, uh, so <clears throat> I, I just want to sort of unpack this a little bit more in scripture because I don't think, I think there may be some people out there. I know I was one of those people. I've talked to many people mm-hmm. who are still a little tripped up. They still don't think that God really wants you to have an abundant life. Right. He, they, they say, well, you know, maybe I can buy in on this forgiveness thing. Uh, okay, maybe. Uh, although I would argue the majority of people, mm-hmm. even though they think they've accepted Christ, they still have yet to forgive themselves and stop telling those stories. It is one of the hardest things that a person will enter into That's right. because of stories are telling themselves. That's right. The act is simple. That's right. So, 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 so let's just go through some scriptures real quick. Uh, the thief comes not, uh, uh, or the thief, the thief, uh, <laughs> the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come, Jesus comes that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. John mm-hmm. 10, 10. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Psalms uh, 23, uh, 5. Mm -hmm. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And then finally, my last one that I love very, very much. Mm -hmm. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, Mm -hmm. to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm -hmm. Does anything about that sound like you're supposed to live in scarcity and in poverty and worried about tomorrow? Only if you're choosing to be in that mode. You're choosing that mindset. That was nothing that was given to you. Nothing that comes from Christ. That's right. It's a debt you're working to pay off, but if you'll, you'll accept that. So, so, so hang on before I I go there. Clearly God desires that we all live in abundance, right? I think that's obvious by those, Mm -hmm. by those statements, Mm -hmm. but most of us do not. And, uh, we sort of believe that we can think ourselves into abundance and riches because that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. But I think when you do that, you sort of skip some really important steps. Mm -hmm. And this is what we've been talking about. The first step, the first step is to truly accept our forgiveness, which means divorcing the stories we are telling ourselves and marrying the truth of our salvation. So that story you were telling yourself, in order for you to really start to enter into your abundant life, Mm -hmm. you had to stop telling yourself that story. Mm -hmm. You had to accept the truth that Jesus Christ had forgiven you and you had to do nothing Mm -hmm. to be a better person Mm -hmm. to make up for that accident, which was not your fault in the first place. No, but keep going. I'm I'm just looking up a 
a yeah. little piece here. No worries. Uh, but then we also must understand uh, what that freedom gives us. Okay, so you're forgiven, so you're free. Okay. A couple really cool things here. One, our retirement, when everybody's really worried about their 401ks, I think the stock market sort of took a little dip. Let me tell you the little secret. Your retirement's guaranteed. You are going to retire to the wealthiest island, (laughs) mountaintop, whatever it is that you desire. You're going to retire there. And for the rest of eternity, you're going to have everything you ever wanted. Mm-hmm. That is when you go join God in heaven, your mm-hmm. retirement's guaranteed. So mm-hmm. I want to, I want to dispel the myth that retirement's at 65. Retirement is when we get to leave this world and go into the next. And uh, we are absolutely going to enter the kingdom of heaven. If you have accepted Jesus Christ's forgiveness for you, mm-hmm. you are clean, your history, it's wiped clear. You're going to heaven. So good news. You don't owe anybody anywhere, any, any anyone mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. And the other really good news is, is that once you've done that, the kingdom of God is at hand. A lot of people think that going to heaven is a death benefit. Your retirement's a death benefit, mm-hmm. no doubt about mm-hmm. it, right? You go to heaven after you die. Mm-hmm. But there's an actual benefit that starts right now. And Jesus spoke about this a lot, and that is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven comes to be with you, right? Jesus lives in you, and you are living your eternity right now. Now, there will be a little demarcation in there of mm-hmm. your death where mm-hmm. you'll go and be with heaven in, 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 in spiritual form. Yeah. But right now, you're living eternity. And there's lots to be said for that. There's a lot of abundance in the kingdom of God in eternity. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 7, ask, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. That is what it means to accept your forgiveness and live in the kingdom of heaven. You can have a conversation with God where you start to ask for things and those things come to pass. Now, there'll be a lot of people who will tell you about a story about someone where that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Uh, perspective and time really starts to help you understand what your answer truly is. Mm-hmm. Because many times we ask the wrong question and sometimes we get uh, we, we get the right answer. We're like, what well, those two? Oh, <laughs> but, but guaranteed Matthew seven, seven, the Bible never lies. Yep. Asking it will be given to you. Seeking you will find knock and the door will be open to you, which I think is pretty cool. So sometimes we focus on things uh, that we don't have uh, and to fill the gap uh, or uh, thinking it will fill the gap uh, that, that we have. So mm-hmm. um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that that hole that we're talking about before you accept your forgiveness, we go chase a bunch of stuff and we're trying mm-hmm. to fill, we're trying to fill stuff yep. out. We're trying to fill a hole and that, that, um, that debt you feel, it never allows you to think about your future the way God wants you to think about your future. But to fill a hole, you can only look down the hole. That's right. You're going to scoop. Well, you're fill. looking for a piece, a specific yep. piece because there's a hole over here and I need to plug it. Mm-hmm. And so you're out there looking for that thing you think fills the hole because you're focused on the hole you need to have filled. But once you accept your forgiveness and you understand that you are wiped clean, you're good to go. Yep. And you start to move into that freedom space. Mm-hmm. Now you can start thinking about what you want totally differently. Yep. So here's sort of what we want you to do. Here's This is for everybody on the podcast. And I think me and you as well mm-hmm. and Luke and, and everybody in 1720. In order to prepare for the next podcast, mm-hmm. which is really going to set you up for amazing abundance in 2019. Yep. It's exciting. Yeah, it really is. Uh, what I want you to do is imagine a world in which you know for a fact that all your needs and wants are 100% taken care of. So I don't want you to be thinking, well, if I had this, I would be that. I want you to think you have it. Mm-hmm. Well, if I had a million dollars, I would X. 
okay, let's take the million dollars out of the equation. You've got it. You got a million dollars. You got a billion dollars. You got a trillion dollars. You're Jeff Bezos times a hundred plus Solomon. Like you're (laughs) rocking it. If money is what you think is your scarcity, if you say, well, if I just had more time, I would do X or I would Mm -hmm. be Y. Right. I want you to believe, I want you to uh, get an imagination in your imagination, mm-hmm. in your mind, which is extremely powerful, as we've already talked about. Yep. I want you to imagine that that's 100% taken care of. And then I want you to sit in that feeling for just a moment. Just spend some time there. I want you to feel the weight lift from your mm-hmm. body. Yep. I want you just to spend some time in the fact that everything's taken care of. Okay. Now that you've done that and you know that you can have everything you've ever wanted, now what do you really want? Mm-hmm. Because it's in this state of mind that you are free to truly focus on what it is you want. Because mm-hmm. before you're thinking, oh, I want time. I want money. I want what you don't. I promise you. Mm-hmm. Now, you may need money to get what you want, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. You want to be in a place where you need things, not want things. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you start to really get to a place where you realize all your, your, your everything you want is taken care of, you just get in that mind space and you start to think to yourself, okay, now what do I want? What would I do if I could do anything? Okay. For some, it'll be riches for other. The need for riches will drop away. Like for someone who said, well, I would like to have $40 million. Well, you got it. Okay. Now what? Because mm-hmm. then you start to get into, I think that space God really wants you to get into and then start to reflect on this formula. Forgiveness precedes freedom, which precedes abundance, which precedes riches and whatever form that takes. Mm-hmm. This is a formula that I promise you will absolutely 100% work. So again, get in that mind space, start to explore what it is you really want. Keep that formula in mind. Now with a pen and paper, where in the formula do you get stuck or feeling uneasy? Some people, they'll get stuck on freedom, uh, rather forgiveness equals freedom. Some people will get stuck on abundance. Some people will get stuck on the idea of being quote unquote rich. Mm -hmm. Where do you feel uneasy in that? And now I want you to take just a moment. Now this, this, again, this is the task I want you to do. Mm -hmm. I want you to take just a moment. Write that down. And I want you to examine that feeling. What stories are you telling yourself about freedom? What stories are you telling yourself about abundance? What stories are you telling yourself about forgiveness? What stories are you telling yourself about rich? I want you to write those down. Mm -hmm. Because now we've gotten past, right? We've gotten past sort of, we're getting to the story you're telling yourself, which is where we started. Because that's where the power's at. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then let me, let me add one hint here. These stories you're telling yourself, they cannot be stories from the news and they cannot be stories that you've heard from others because those don't count. The only stories that you can write down are personal experiences and biblical truths are the only things that can truly be known. Okay. So start with your story you're telling yourself Mm -hmm. about yourself. So if you get to riches and you say, well, I don't know if I believe because I saw this guy on the TV. No. Okay. Get deeper than that. Why don't you really believe? Mm -hmm. Okay. So write that stuff down. Then I want you to spend a little time and say, what biblical support can you find for these stories? Show me a place in, in the Bible that says that you shouldn't live an abundant life. Show me a place in the Bible that says that you're not forgiven. Show mm-hmm. me a place in the Bible that says for, uh, for, uh, forgiveness is not freedom. Mm-hmm. Show me that. Yep. Right. And I want you to re- I want you to reorient yourself, reorient your stories, not from hearsay, not for some crap you picked up as a kid. And, but let's get into the Bible. What does the Bible have to say about mm-hmm. the story you're telling yourself? Mm-hmm. And then I want you to meditate. Just spend some time. This, this whole exercise, quite frankly, take less than an hour. Right. And then I would just want you to spend about 15 minutes meditating. And you're going to meditate on opening your mind and killing the stories that are not biblical. 
I just want you to pray and meditate that God will give you an open mind and allow you to let go of those stories. Mm-hmm. Because if you do this, our, you will be perfectly set up for our next mm-hmm. task, our mm-hmm. next podcast, which is going to tell you how to get in a position to be crazy successful uh, in 2019. So what we'll be covering next week, which again, which I'm super excited about, is we'll cover the Matthew principle. Uh, a lot of people don't know about the Matthew principle. Mm. It's sort of a it's sort of a bummer sounding principle. We're going to get into it, and we're gonna I'm going to tell you how this principle can absolutely change your life. The Matthew principle is in Matthew 13:12, and it says, "For the one who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be mm. taken away." Wow. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm poor. I'm just going to get worse. Like, this is horrible. This is miserable. But it's the first part that has the yep. hope, right? Yep. And we're going to really impact that. But I'm just going to hint at it a little bit because yep. it just excites me to death. It's the first part that has that 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 uh, provides the hope. The hope is, is that if you could have just a little bit, you're going to get a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And if you have a little bit more of that, you're going to get even more. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just telling you, we're going to set you up for next year. Uh, in our next podcast, but you really got to do this work because if you go into this, this next, uh, um, uh, series of tasks, we're going to ask you to do, and you're carrying around this baggage, Mm -hmm. you're not ready to let go of your past story. Mm -hmm. You don't believe God has abundance in mind for you because he does. Uh, you're not going to be ready and you're going to, you're not going to be successful at this next set of tasks. But I promise you, if you will do this set of tasks and the next set of tasks, your 2019 will be a, a year you, you you never thought was possible. And for the listeners, when you think about the word confidence in, in what you're going to engage in and the, <clears throat> the path that you're going to take, when you break down confidence, it's with trust. Mm-hmm. So you've just like me, I've had a, a whole set of storylines I told myself based on an event. And that was my worldview. That's how I live life in this scarcity mindset. But just a little confidence that the truth that Jesus has already spoken to you allows you to get past what you think, the world that you've created, the reality that you live in. You can have trust and confidence that that storyline can be plucked. Totally. You can already have confidence in that. So you go through the process. Now you're going into it confidently. That's right. And I'm, I'm really excited. So uh, next uh, podcast, everybody tune in. Please do the homework. I'm telling you, uh, th- this is almost a guaranteed formula to change your life in 2019. Yep. Uh, I think you're going to find some very interesting things as you go through this last set of exercises. Uh, feel free to email me with any questions or concerns you might have, Dustin at 1720.org. Uh, and we would just love to help you through this process. We are committed to everyone having a phenomenal 2019. This is the God, this is the year God's going to set you up for absolutely amazing greatness and creating legacy in your life and impacting the lives of others. Mm. Yeah. It just takes one person to go first. That's right. And then the cascading effects to your family and your lineage, it changes right now. That's right. I just want to thank Luke for running the board. Um, guys, I cannot tell you enough. Um, please, please, please go to 1720, leave a review. If you found this helpful, Mm -hmm. uh, if you did not find it helpful, send us an email instead. Uh, but if you found it helpful, please leave us a review. It's so important. That's how people find us on, uh, in iTunes. Uh, the better the reviews are, the more likely people are to listen, the more like the more lives we can ultimately change. Mm-hmm. Also share this podcast uh, and uh, go to 1720.org and join our mailing list. Uh, you can also find the same podcast on YouTube uh, at, uh, I think it's like uh, YouTube forward slash 1720 or mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. Uh, but either way, if you, if you search for it, we're there. 
but we really look forward to hearing, uh, seeing everybody next time. All right. Have a good day. Take care, Martin. Take care, Dustin. Adios.